It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. A buffet of butt sweats. (laughs) TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Easy decision. Honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life, but it is the right decision for me. For the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury, pain, rehab, uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season, both in and off season. And I've felt stuck in it. And the only way I see out uh, is is to to no longer play football. Maggie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Sitting out here at a very soggy Minnesota State Fair. It is soggy. It's now, letting up here, boys. Four o'clock sharp. It knew we were wow. starting. It's letting up. They still walk in front of our booth Mr. right now. Mr. Glass half full here look for the this. first time, like, ever. <laughs> no, look at it. It's letting up. It was Wait a coming second. down. You're the guy who, so, uh, and, and by the way, if you want to catch this clip, we also are regularly populating the Score North YouTube page. Just go to YouTube.com slash Score North. And the latest Vikings video on Score North's YouTube page Matthew Collar poses the question, 11-5. and five, What's stopping the Vikings from going 11-5? and five? And the whole video is like Judd listing the 400 scenarios that could go wrong <laughs> yeah, for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Well, there's two ACLs times each player. So Cronin picked 11-5. And, and then Collar's like, yeah, I think you, you might be right. So, you know, what could happen? And I'm like, well, there's a lot that, that could happen here. I'll lay out the whole thing for you. There's 106 ACLs. There's 106 MCLs. Let's see here. Covered this league for a long time. Seen it all. Every ACL can go. <laughs> okay, so Andrew Luck, and we're going to – Jonathan has a great cram session planned for us at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock that includes uh, in, in Andrew Luck, Mount Rushmore of shocking sports news things. I was a couple claws deep when this news hit. <laughs> really? Shocking. A couple mangoes deep, Rami. Shocking. Yep. And uh, I just want to – so my first thought when this happened, I want to run by you guys. All right. So Andrew Luck – and it was supposed to happen on Sunday. It winds up happening on Saturday because Adam Schefter broke the news, and we can talk about that as well. But my first thought was the lineage of quarterbacks I'm going to throw out. Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham, Jeff George, Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb. You could even throw Matt Castle in there if you want to. I probably wouldn't. The Vikings have been a home for top-end quarterback talent, sometimes Hall of Fame caliber talent, that just needed a reset button to be pushed later on. (laughs) 
percent Wait, chance, what are you doing? percent chance, sometime in the next five years, that Andrew Luck comes back, you know, and that Andrew Luck plays for the Minnesota Vikings. I'll hang up and listen. I chalked it up to that was to my the, first thought. I saw this on Twitter over the weekend, yep. and I chalked it up to the clause, Judd. Yep. I'm sure Phil's not coming to work drunk. He he wouldn't come to work drunk, would he? Here's the problem. It's been a couple days since I've wrapped my jaws around some claws. I, we're safe. I didn't tweet it, but I thought about it just yes. before I saw his tweet. <laughs> and then I actually had... Can I just go walk around the fair? And then I, I, But I actually sent Phil another conspiratorial uh, idea that I didn't tweet as well. And I saw this got tweeted after. Um, now, I'll start this by saying I do believe right now Andrew Luck perceives himself as being broken. So this is not any type of... Yeah, he's not pretending he's not, to be burned He's out. not doing this on purpose. He's really hurt. Um, but the first thought that came to my mind is, well, let's see here. If the XFL gets off to a decent start, who's the commissioner of the XFL? Oliver Luck. Who's Oliver Luck? Andrew's dad. Who's got more money than God to, make the Luck fam- to give the Luck family a legacy, maybe a piece of WWE? Vince McMahon. Uh, but this all comes back to a conversation. I, I actually like that conspiracy theory better than my own. Which is, I do, I, I cannot sit here right now and say I think he's done for sure. I think he's broken down right now for sure. And I think this sport, you know, football's the one sport I've always said this. It's an awful sport. Like, it stinks. You can love it, but if you start to get hurt, you're never healthy. So, um, Rami, I hate to tell you this, but... I can't disagree that Phil, while he might be on something, is also slightly onto something. And he's on something and onto something. And it's, and it's always been, and to you know, to what Phil's tweeting on Saturday night, it always is the Vikings, Listen, isn't it? I'll give you this, Rami. Okay, that tweet was sent probably a claw and a half into the night. <laughs> well, that's nothing. That's a claw and nothing. a half in. Yeah. Okay, a claw and a half. Claw you were more sober than I was drinking a diet uh, Mountain Dew. I was I was done with the mango halfway into a black cherry. Okay. Okay. Oh, but, black cherry. Judd, you got to try the black cherry. Oh. But I stand. I, <laughs> oh, man. I stand I'm on one right now. I'm not even kidding. The chances of Tom Brady oh. before he dies and Andrew Luck, one or the other, or both maybe, playing for the Vikings, just based on their last 25 years in their history, this has been the Vikings. The Vikings opened their arms to quarterbacks, great Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks without a home. Minnesota Vikings. I know that it's greater uh, than zero percent chance. That's all I know. I'm I know. Reckless speculation is a brand here on Score North. I'm I'm aware of that, and I, I hate. And knows no season, by the I, way. I hate to be the brick wall in front of your steaming locomotive of reckless <laughs> speculation here on Mackie and Judd with Robbie. But and I'll give you the layman's the layman's way of saying this. I won't give you the the contract the contractual legal jargon that actually would stop what you guys are talking about from happening. But bottom line is that. As long as the Colts retain Andrew Luck's rights, and they probably will in perpetuity for as long as he could feasibly play football, he can't go play for any other team or the XFL without getting consent from the Indianapolis So his contract's going to toll for three years, right? Essentially, he's under contract with the Colts. Is it forever or for like three or five years? Now, again... Now, I, Brett Favre was still under contract with the Packers and worked his way out of that bad that's boy. That's true. And I, the Jets. 
and, and, and the Jets. And then, and then Favre told them, hey, but guys, I'm done. They drafted Mark Sanchez and said, well, now that we've got a new quarterback game, Brett, you know what? Here's your freedom. I think if and whenever <laughs> Andrew Luck decides he wants to play football again, the Colts have the rights to him for three years but, from that point on. But what if, the, what if we're three years down the road and the Colts have replaced him sufficiently? And they're like, Andrew, you know what? We don't really have a place for, for you. And Andrew says, but I'm, I'm chopping out, chopping at the bit. Also, when Peyton Manning had that neck surgery that knocked him out for a year, didn't Jameer say basically say you know what we'll just let we'll just let you out of the contract? Yeah. I think I think they I think there's precedent in in Indianapolis for them letting a franchise Lami, quarterback come on. out of a contract. Come on, e- even I'm going there. I mean, it's intriguing. I'm not going to say it's not intriguing. <laughs> See, you got him. You got him now. <laughs> I don't what? think it's realistic. It is intriguing. Well, it's not realistic and right would, now for would, sure. It would certainly make for I some mean, good content from our end. Well, let me let me frame it this way, okay? Since we're down this path. Yep. Okay. Based on the last 25 years of Vikings football. What is a more likely, uh, a more likely outcome that they find a franchise quarterback through the draft, or that they wind up with Andrew Luck or old old Tom, like forty five year old Tom Brady, <laughs> as their starting quarterback? Probably Luck or Brady. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's Vikings history. Yeah, I was going to say I'd love to say, oh, you are crazy now, Phil. That's uh, that's something could never happen. But we've seen everything happen. Yes, quarterback wise, what haven't we seen happen? Besides the fact that they ordinarily don't get a franchise quarterback. Save for a guy like Tarkington. Yeah. But in the last uh, 30 years, what, Vikings-wise, what have we not seen happen where you could definitively be like, that would, no, no, no. Now, well, now I mean, you've gone too far. The, the easy cheap shot is a quarterback hoisting a Super Bowl trophy, but I've, I will not go there. I, I, am, I am above comments like that on this show. <laughs> I mean, you kind of did just yeah, go yeah. there. And that's not what I was. Say, that's why you started kinda. off with that comment? That's no. not what I was after. I was, po- okay. I was pointing out all of the goofy things. A, a Lombardi trophy is not goofy. I'm, I'm pointing out the goofy scenarios that we've yeah. seen in the last thirty plus years. Yeah. So just 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 want to throw it out there. Just uh, I like I little, do like my XFL theory though because if he starts to feel good, and the Lux basically run that league, and Vince who failed miserably and hates to fail, and now he's like whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Vince, just give it some thought. Vince hates to fail, but Vince has failed in a lot of different non-wrestling areas. So no, my, but I, my guess is he's going is, to fail with the XFL. <laughs> and but, I love me some Vince McMahon. This would be the one in a couple years where if they're hanging on by a thread, and now Andrew Luck starting for the, I don't even know what the team names are. Yeah. They were just unveiled. So the L.A. Marauders. <laughs> the Marauders. St. Louis Battlehawks. <laughs> Is, is that one that's of them? That's one of them. The now he, I don't think he played for the, the Battle Hawks of St. Louis, but yeah. that's a good one. So what did you guys make of, of two different things off the, off the Andrew Luck abrupt retirement this weekend? You had fans in the stadium finding out and, and booing as the news came out and as Luck was coming off the field for the end of the game. And then you had various hot take artists around media and even a couple former players like Steve Berline, Doug Gottlieb, Dan Dockich going down the path of classic millennial move to quit when the going gets tough, right? What did you guys make of some of the fallout and the reaction from this weekend? It was all really stupid. It was all really, really stupid. Now, I will say this. and I, I criticized the fans who, who booed Andrew Luck as he was running off the field. and I, I still on some level stand by that criticism. It's pretty idiotic to boo a guy in that position. But I will say that's sort of a it's in the moment emotions get the best. I mean, they just had not just their season, but basically the next 10 seasons of Colts football thrown into question a week and a half before the season started. I can't imagine there is any fan base that would that would not be unhappy at that point. Now, I would like to think that if I'm a Colts fan in that position, 
My emotion is more sadness, uh, sorrow, mourning, loss, that we just lost our quarterback and probably our season, and God knows how many more seasons until they find that next franchise quarterback. And none of those emotions would spur me to boo. But, again, I'm not going to blame people for reacting in the moment to some, as far as sports go, pretty damn shocking and disheartening news for a football fan. If you booed in the moment and then later realized, hey, that maybe was that maybe was not was not a very nice thing to do and and you regret it today like I can let that go if you stand by it or if you're Dan Dockage or Doug Gottlieb who are doubling down on their terrible takes about Andrew Luck today you're just a jackass I still and I've gave this thought for two days and, and then talked about it on the morning Judd I did today I still can't get my head around I get that you're mad if you're a Colts fan and that tweet starts to circulate and it said in that first tweet, he's basically broken down. Like, it didn't say he wants a new contract, or he wants out because he thinks the Colts stink, or he hates the city. Um, I get being angry about it, because, like, you're like, what? I get I get the fan I saw, like, grabbing his jersey, took it off, and was, like, o- almost in tears, if you're a young fan. But for the life of me, I don't get booing him. I don't get booing him. Now, if he had thrown three picks... Or demanded out and been like, oh, I can still play, just not for you. Because mm-hmm. you didn't get me an offensive line. I'd be like, okay, Luck's got a point there, but go ahead and boo him. But I can't rationalize. I can't get my head around the fact. And if it was just, if it, like, let's say it was muffled, like a few boos. Like, you're like, was, is that booing? I really can't make it out. And I'd be like, okay, that's too bad. That's pretty but it's a small, small, yeah, yeah, small group of fans. But, Phil, what gets me is it was a pretty large group of fans Booing him off the field, having no idea, or or if they did, not caring. And and I might be wrong here, but to me it was very much a reflection, too, of the society in which we live today, which is just this immediate reaction that, and I like to think I'm as hardened as anybody, like as far as booing goes or being mean-spirited to athletes. Uh, that I just can't get it. I can't well, get my head around it. Phil. To me, booing, and, and this is my this is my interpretation of, of booing. If you're a fan, booing signifies fault to me. That you throw an interception, it is your fault, and you're playing poorly, and it's your fault, and I'm going to motivate you or the front office to do something about it, right? Yeah. Um, or in the case of Tom Thibodeau, it's you're just a bad person as it as as, it, as perceived by the fans, and so therefore, if the team struggles, we're going to boo you when the introductions are made before the game. This is nobody's fault. I mean, this is, this is a guy who's gone through numerous surgeries. Imagine how bad you'd have to be mentally and physically and the shape you'd have to be in with, what, 50 or $60 million guaranteed on the rest of your contract, a potential grace period by the team of maybe even the whole year. I mean, like if it came down to it, if he still had any gas left in the tank, if he would have gone... To Jimmy or say, if you would have gone to the front office and said, listen, I just, this is rough, and I'm going to need some time here. I just want to, I don't want to retire, but I just, I need like six months. Or I need, I, need, I need eight weeks. I need half the season to just get out of here and to clear my mind. He knew he had that option. And he was so bad mentally and physically and so done, and the hourglass had completely drained empty that he said, I just got to be done. Not, I need to take a break again. I need to be done. That's and, where he was mentally. And what, what confuses me, too, is the tweets that I saw were, were saying, you don't do this a week before, two weeks before. You know, the team has no, has no time to adjust. 
do those people not get he wasn't going to play? Like, if he had had a series of injuries but played in that game on Saturday and that's like, you know what, I just don't, I'm not going to do it, then I'd be like, okay, that's a problem because you are walking away from a team for which you could start and have played for. But I don't think we have any idea that this time around, again, how serious this was, but he was not playing. He was sidelined. So for this notion to be like he's walking away from a team, he would. we have no idea if or when in 2019, Rami, that he was going to play again. And the easy way out would have been quitting before camp. Like if you're just going to quit on your teammates and walk yep. away, why go through training camp? No, There is not an NFL player out there who wants to be in training camp. He stuck around until a week after training camp and then announced it. And I'll say this. Remember when Ricky Williams retired? You guys remember? It was right around the same time that Andrew Luck just announced his retiring. And I said then, I said, dude, that is bad timing. And I was a big Ricky Williams fan. Still am to this day. I loved Ricky Williams. That's bad timing, and that's quitting on your teammates. Because the only thing that changed for Ricky Williams from the end of the last season to the start of the season that he was retiring, was another failed weed test. That's the only thing that changed, and Ricky Williams got tired of going through that cycle of and, and wanted to keep smoking weed and do whatever he wanted with his life. And that's a bad reason to retire, especially with that type of timing. When a team has put in an entire season-long game plan and an offense centered around you, Ricky Williams, and you're just going to walk away because you want to go and smoke weed because you you don't agree with the NFL's recreational drug policy? Mm-hmm. Right. That's why you walked away? You knew what the policy was a year ago. Now you're quitting on your teammates a week and a half before the season started. That is not what's going on with Andrew Luck. This is a guy who's suffering. You heard it right there. What he says when going through this endless cycle of football injury rehab, football injury rehab, this isn't something he just decided to do on a whim. He's beat up. He's done. He's he's spent. He's exhausted. And who could blame him? Yeah. And also, he's a guy with options, too. There's a lot of football players that didn't go to Stanford that don't have brilliant fathers like Oliver Luck, right? And if it wasn't for football... Or if it isn't for football, they're not going to make millions of dollars. Andrew Luck could make millions of dollars probably running a business somewhere. Andrew Luck could be a politician. Like, there's a lot of, and we're going to find out if he never play, I think he's going to play again. I actually do. He might have to shave. <laughs> Neck beard to, to be, be a politician. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah, I'm not sure I'd vote yeah. for him right yeah. now. But there's, but, there, but there's a lot of other guys that have no choice but to get into the grind and yeah. put themselves through mental torment and j- just to literally put food on their table but, or to give, make sure that their kids can go to college. But that's my Luck's point. not in that boat. But that's my point is I just don't get the booing. I get the being mad and disappointed and calling into talk shows. and the, I don't get the booing part of it Yeah, because you're, you just don't know enough to do it. Yeah. So well, we can like we should uh, when we come back here, our buddy Pete Najarian is going to join us, and we can ask him about this as well as I, the time. Time crept up pretty quick here in terms of football season. The Gophers play in seventy-two hours. The Gophers South play State? South Dakota hated State on South Thursday Dakota night. State. Vaunted and hated South the Jackrabbits. It's pesky Jackrabbits. Jack They're Jackrabbits, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. They're Jackrabbits. I'm not quite sure, but I, that sounds yeah. right, so I'm going with it. <laughs> Uh, so we'll do that, and also later on a cram session. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from a soggy, soggy Minnesota State Fair, Judd Zolgad. But first I want to talk to you about my friends at Serta Pro Painters. That's right, I often talk about my frustrations with our local sports teams, right? 
I, I moan and I complain about what they're not doing, but I want to talk to you about a company that does things right about that I'm going to praise, actually, and that is the folks and my friends at Certa Pro Painters. I'm thrilled by the job that they recently did at my house. They made my guest room and bath. They made them look like new, and two words come to mind, and these two words are incredibly important, and they always apply to Certa Pro Painters, professional and thorough. And now it's your turn to contact Certa Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction that I did. It helps that each Certa Pro business is independently owned and operated, so it's right here in our community. I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at certapro.com. That's certapro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's 800-GO-CERTA. Find out for yourself the type of quality that you get each and every time, just like I did from Certa Pro Painters. Again, free estimate online, certapro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That is Certa with a C. Again, certapro.com or 800-GO-CERTA. Certa Pro Painters, we do painting, and guess what? That means you get to do life. Chat with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Hold on, let me let me just uh, finish sending this tweet out, this photo here. Uh, caption: Which one of us four uh, gave up twelve touchdowns in a college football game? To last, uh, you guys <laughs> never ever forget it. Neither will I. <laughs> Coach Osborne, he's still explaining why that happened, you know, to this day. Uh, Pete Najarian, by the way, is our guest here on Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. And uh, welcome to the Soggy State Fair. Yeah. So how many days? You're a huge State Fair guy. Huge. I feel like yeah. this sort of started a few years ago. You would just randomly be hanging around, and we would be like, Pete, come up here. And I now, love watching you guys, man, listening to you guys. And, it's great. And this is an official. We actually booked this with yeah. you today. So, yep. but, like, how many out of, out, is it 12 days of the fair? How many of the 12 do you uh, we're usually? We're pretty solid. My wife has a, a, become a true Minnesotan. She's a California girl. Absolutely fell in love with the state fair when I turned around to it. And now it's, we're a solid eight. We'll do wow. eight to, eight to wow. nine. Easy, easy. We're That's done. dedication. You know, this is number four for me. So, wow. I mean, we're cranking it out pretty good. <laughs> you're trending above eight right now, then. Well, <laughs> you're I feel like I the work analytics here. say you're going to be here more than yeah. uh, eight. So is, is he two hours in the gym before or after you come to the fair? Oh, I'm an early up? morning that guy. Yeah, I got to knock it out early. I'm thinking about last night and everything I did the night before, and I got to get it out. I, we're, we're at Trace last night, and let me tell you, these slushy sangrias and everything. I mean, I get sucked into the fair. I'm doing it all. I go to I go to O'Gara's. I go this place, that place. And, Man, I'll tell you, I, I sweated it out this morning, though. That was uh, that was good. Guys were walking by me going, wow, what was that? <laughs> Is there pink slushy coming out of your armpits right now? <laughs> What's happening there? I'm a sweater. <laughs> so how do you how do you feel, just to, to, to put a bow on our Andrew Luck conversation, Yeah. how do you feel when you hear non-football players right. criticizing Andrew Luck for the decision he made over the weekend? It's unbelievable, and there are people that I think are just misinformed. Uh, you know, kind of like the fans, the fans that were booing him. Uh, I think the reaction is just something of the modern era of football that we're in. They everybody's all in, but everybody also thinks they're part of it, Phil. I mean, when I, when the, when they go to games, they're part of the team. I mean, they're all in. They've paid their money. They're sitting there, and and so they were. I think their reaction was emotional, and it's unfortunate, but it's it's who fans have become, right? I mean, they are. They are absolutely invested in their teams. And when they see Andrew Luck and the, the fact that he's not going to be there this year, there, there was just incredible disappointment. I think they would, if they could do it again, I don't think they'd boo, would be my, my, my answer on that. But, you know, it's an interesting thing because he is a different kind of guy. And everybody wants to put him in this box that he's Tom Brady or he's, you know, Favre, whoever you want to say. He's not. 
He's a guy who grew up in Europe. He's not all in on football, number one. I mean, I think he's in, and when he's, when he's playing, he's, he's absolutely wanting to win, and that's why he's had all the injuries that he's had and some of the difficulties that he's gone through is because he hasn't reported half of the injuries that he's had. And, and the ones that he's had to report are just so obvious that he had to report them. Otherwise, he would have tried to get out of those as well. So I think he's a committed guy. Uh, but the problem, I think, is he's so intellectual. Can you picture him right now being the next guy going about, out to Silicon Valley, coming up with something in the tech world with his Stanford background and his, his father's tutor, tutoring that he's done, yeah. gone through his whole life? I mean, this is a guy that football, I think he loved it while he played it. But at the same time, if he's walking away, it's because he can. All right. I want to run a theory past you. I, I, I have said. covered all. I have covered Pete, all Pete, sports. Pete already knows, like <laughs> Pete's like on. No, no, but I've covered all sports. Not good at any sports. Okay, oh, yeah. so this is an observation. An observation, but I can't speak to it firsthand. You played the sport. You can. Okay. Baseball, basketball, and hockey all can take a toll. But honestly. If you can survive them, you make a lot of money, and you yeah. can play them for a long time. And mentally, it might wear you down. Right. But physically, I don't think it's there. I honestly, my observation of playing football is it stinks. Hmm. Like, you can love it, but it is such a physical toll. Yeah. Um, the day-to-day of it, always, it just it saps your energy, it saps your mind, it saps your yeah. body. Yeah. And that's why if you're a guy like Luck, I think you look at this and say, I really enjoy playing the sport, yeah. but... I don't know how long I can do this. Do, do you agree with that? Because I have seen uh, people I contend play football, yeah. and they play it, and they can make a lot at it, but you can tell they never love it. And I think football is the one weird sport because of all those things. You have to love it if you're playing it. And I, and, and I understand what you're saying, though. I think there are guys who are just so talented that they play it because they're so talented. But I think the reality is you've got to be all in. And I think that Andrew Luck, when he's been on the field, that's who he's been. And I think he's looking now, and what his decision-making process, I'm not in his brain, but my my thought would be he just feels like, you know what, these injuries are a pain. There's more to them than football. His father's this brilliant guy who's going to start the XFL, and he'll probably, will he work with him in some way, shape, or form? I think that might be interesting. Not as a player. I heard you guys talking about that. <laughs> he is not going to be a quarterback in the XFL. Vince McMahon, the, the music right. hits. Oh, oh, man. Comes off. Oh, that's Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. That music. would be so Tell me you wouldn't love it, Nigeria. Oh, I would love it. I'd go out there with him. <laughs> I've actually had conversations with teams in the XFL about being involved in one way or another. Not as a player. No, no, I didn't. I'm not taking off this cape or anything. But, you know, I, you know, I coached in the XFL. I don't know if you guys knew that, but back in the day yeah. when it had its one-year run, I coached in the Chicago team. I coached the linebackers. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, I, I always said, even back then, I said, I, I don't think Vince McMahon gave it enough time. I think if he gave it two years, he would have seen something a lot different than in year one. But, uh, and I think that's why he's back once again. And could, could he go work with his dad, Oliver, in some way, shape, or form? I don't know why not. I mean, it would, it would combine the business side, the Stanford side of who he is. He really is an academic guy. I don't know if you guys have ever had an opportunity to be around this guy, but he is not like any quarterback I don't think any of us have been around before. Yeah, I, I can't think of a guy out there who has the brain that he has had for all these years playing football. And I really think, and you tell me if you agree, that we might, we're going to start seeing this more often than, than we have in the past because, right. A, Guys know a lot more about what football does to your mind and to your body after you're done playing. And B, more and more of these NFL players, and this is something you know something about, are financially literate. Where in the past, these guys 
did not know how to spend their money or yeah. what to do with it or how to make their money work for them. Guys like Andrew Luck and more and more of these guys in the NFL, they're figuring out there's life after football and mapping out what that life is, and they're more prepared for it. And I think we're going to see more guys walking away from the game you hit the nail on early the like we saw Andrew Luck. Absolutely. I mean, we saw that a few years ago with San Francisco. They lost a linebacker, then they lost a defensive tackle. Guys were just walking away. They said, you know what, enough is enough. And I think depending on injuries and all the rest of it, I think they're, these guys are smart enough, and like you said, they are, they are, they have some literacy in terms of finance, and they know what they've got. And th- these numbers now are so different. I mean, just from three years ago, five years ago, these numbers are so different that these guys now, on a three or five year contract, they can walk away and never work again if they do things right. Mm-hmm. They can have a great life and never have to work again. So, it is a different world, and I think a lot of guys realize the toll that it takes on your brain, on your body. I mean, it used to be just the body. For me, when I was playing, it was like, ah, your knees are. I mean, your knees are going to be shot. You're yeah. going to have new knees, hips, shoulders, everything else. But then, when it, when it comes to the head, I've gone through this whole CTE process. I'll tell you, it is unbelievable what they do and the testing that they do to your brain and see how you're doing. And and then they want a measuring stick from from that point on. How are you doing in the next two years, five years, six years, ten years? So, I mean, it, it is a very serious thing, and I think these players understand it now. We didn't understand it. When I was playing, you just went out there and played yeah. and got paid nothing. Yeah. But, it was, <laughs> but it was still fun, and, well, you, and you do it. I do it all over again. To that point, and Pete Nigerian's our guest here live at the State Fair, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. I think, you know, just to go back to fans booing for a second. Yeah. 60,000, 70,000 fans, probably not that many at, the, at that time in that stadium. <laughs> like 20,000, 20,000, 30,000 fans. But if you go to a regular NFL Sunday stadium environment, sixty or 70,000 fans, and, and, and they idolize the notion of playing in front of that type of a, an atmosphere on national TV, right? So the idea that, my God, these athletes are getting paid $20 million a year to do what they want to do every single day. Now, if you flip that around, if somebody gave you all the money you could ever need, which Andrew Luck has now, yep. says you can wake up tomorrow morning because you have $100 million in the bank or $50 million in the bank, and you can do whatever you want to do. And Andrew Luck woke up sometime in the last couple of weeks and decided, I can do whatever I want to do. I don't want to do this anymore. And I think there's a, there's a dissonance. It's hard to fathom that if you're a fan. That, well, what, what do you mean? Like, why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to play football? Yeah. And a lot of that's because we can't put ourselves in the bodies, the, the wrecked bodies and, and brains of football players. And people you know? talk about it all the time, and they talk about it being a car wrecked every single week when you play a game, right? I mean, there is a sense to that. And I don't know that quarterbacks ever get that same feeling. I think they get beat up a little bit here and there, but they never get hit in practice. They never get hit at any point in time until game time. So they'll, take, yeah. they'll take a couple of hits during the game. But, you know, they do add up, even for the quarterbacks, especially those hits to the back. I mean, when, when, when you get the back of your legs, the, your back, your neck, your head, any of that kind of stuff, it is an absolute kill shot. And you dream of that as a linebacker. That's a, everything I wanted in life, right, is that shot, my one shot at the quarterback right under the chin. I mean, it's, a, it's the greatest None, thing. Nothing it's like giving great. another human being a concussion, is there, Pete? Well, you know, but that's what you're doing. I mean, it's no, like uh, that one shot to put, is, to put a nail like, in my tape and stab him passion, in the neck. Right? I mean, <laughs> let me demonstrate on you three. <laughs> no, but you, there is something about that. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget some of my best hits I ever had in my career were quarterback hits. You, 
you hit a 230-pound running back or whatever, you're both feeling that. Yeah. But you got a quarterback <laughs> who's just standing there like a statue, and he doesn't see you, and you get that kill shot. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's yeah. it's heaven on earth for a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> From behind, especially, right? When when you're coming in oh, there, if you bang, the ball flips out. Hold on, hold on. Let me write this down. This is a Judd athlete challenge. We're gonna... <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. Judd doesn't want to die. Challenge is the key word there. Go for football opens up Thursday yeah. at South Dakota State. Um, I've not seen a practice yet, but my observation, and tell me if you agree with this or not, is sure. that this offense could be pretty doggone good. Is yeah. that accurate? I would say that. I, if there's one concern I have going into the season, it's quarterback. Uh, sure. You know, it's, it's something that we've had to deal with for many years at the Gophers, but we got three great running backs. we got a massive offensive line that I think has matured last year in the second half of the year. They were great. Receivers out the wazoo. I mean, we really do have talent everywhere, I think, on offense. I think if we decide just to pound, if P.J. decides to pound the football at people, take a little page from Wisconsin, we are a team that wins nine games. If we're a team that decides, you know what, we still got to throw the ball, man. I'm P.J., and I, got, I, I want to get that ball in the air, and our quarterbacks and our receivers got to get the ball. That's going to be different because I think that will change the tone. I think if we use that Wisconsin style and just pound, pound, pound the ball, look at our offensive line. These guys are something out of – the NFL doesn't have a line in the entire NFL that looks anything like our line. I mean, they're, they are massive, and they're also pretty talented. That Dan, Daniel Falela, he is unreal. And if you stand next to him, you say to yourself, Oh my God! How would I ever do anything against this six ten four hundred pound body? You know the the schedule reminds me of uh, of Jerry Kills last year when Tracy Clays yeah. took over and they want they went nine and three, yep. and it wasn't that they were a nine win team necessarily with a with a normal schedule, but they they didn't play any of the big hitters. And if you look, oh. you know they've got and <laughs> I know perfect. that rankings might change. They get no Ohio State, no Michigan State, no Michigan. <laughs> And of the four ranked teams' preseason rankings on their schedule right now, Nebraska, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, three of those are home games. Yep. The only road game out of that bunch is at Iowa on November 16th. And so, you know, obviously it's easy to play the schedule game right now, but, you know, you, sh- you should be winning your first three non-conference games. Go win a road game against Purdue. You should be beating Illinois in week two of the conference schedule. So you get Rutgers on the road. So you this this sets up for nine wins, oh. and it's not like Wisconsin's a powerhouse this year. Right. Here's all I ask, Pete and Jerry, okay? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how long I'm going to live. Hopefully it's another 50 years, okay? You want one Rose Bowl. I don't, here's what I want. I want a division championship, yep. and then go get your ass kicked by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship if you need to, and then let the chips fall where they may. Just win the division one yeah. time. And then go really play you're shooting that ball? Just like, just let's start. I'm there. with you, Nigerian. Okay. I want one Rose Bowl. And, and I want one Rose Bowl. Non-playoff year, by the way. One, <laughs> one Rose Bowl. Well, hey, I, t- I will tell I'm you this. Old. The school that scares me the most right now in the West is Nebraska. I, I, I love Scott Frost. He's, I know him pretty well. He's a great guy. My daughter worked with the football program when she was at the University of Nebraska. I mean, this guy is Tom Osborne recreated at a different age. I mean, he's really that kind of a guy, I think. He's brought back the walk-on pro- program. So he's embraced what Nebraska always was that the last couple of coaches never really understood. And it's about the state. It's getting everybody all in. So if there's a concern out there right now of the, of the games I see, Nebraska's in. But 
I'll tell you what, the schedule is beautiful. I mean, it's laid out. P.J. could not order a better schedule than he's got this year. No Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. I mean, are you kidding me? So they're going to win the Rose Bowl. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. National championship games? Are we talking national I said they have an opportunity okay. to do right. something pretty interesting. But I will say this, and I'm, and I'm a big believer in this. I, I, love, the, I love Purdue. I, I, they're, they're one of those teams that everybody looks past. It's like, oh, well, we got Purdue. That's not so bad. We got this team. That's not so bad. I'd watch out for Purdue. That's a really well-coached program, and he's finally getting talent at Purdue. They're going to be something a little bit different. doesn't mean we don't win, but I think they're a lot different team than, uh, than people here think. Yeah. Iowa's pretty good as well, right? Iowa's always going to be good. Yeah. I mean, he, he does such a great job recruiting, and he does, he's got the whole country mapped out. He knows if he wants running backs, he goes to New Jersey. If he wants quarterbacks, he goes to Florida. I mean, he's got it all figured out. He really does. Yeah. Uh, what, are your, what are your quick thoughts on P.J. Fleck? Hmm. This is about the time... If you go back and look at Western Michigan, you, your first year is tough. You start to institute the things you want to. This would be sort of the turning point where you would have that yeah. inflection point, that yeah. nine-win season. What are your thoughts on P.J. Fleck a few years in now? Yeah, you know, any criticisms that people have right now of P.J., I would just say, hey, look, he has recruited. He's gotten us talent that we probably haven't seen before. And I, and I don't just mean in Minnesota because I think he's done a great job in the state of Minnesota. We've lost a couple. We lost a great lineman to Nebraska this past year, as a matter of fact, out of Lakeville. So we're losing a couple of guys here and there, but overall he's put the fence around the state. We have guys here that we really want here, and he's done a great job of recruiting outside of our state. So he's, he, he goes down to Georgia and Florida and grabs top-end athletes. I don't know how he's doing it. It's impressive because these are guys that are turning down Georgia and Florida and Florida State and Miami to come up here to play, which is great. But he's done a great job with that. So because of that, I think you're right. I think the, tra- the trajectory right now is this is a team, and I said it once, but I, I don't think nine wins is a ridiculous number for us this year, especially given what we got in terms of uh, who we're playing. Yeah. Would, would you like playing for P.J. Fleck, his, his uh, style, no. the rah-rah, row your boat? I like P.J., okay. and, I, and if I were the AD, I would have hired him, yeah. uh, but I would not have liked to play. I'm, I'm not into that. I, okay. I, I love the, the guys who just kind of let you play. Coach Holtz was the greatest coach I ever played for, and everybody thinks he's rah-rah. He was not rah-rah. Coach Holtz used to get in the locker room. Boy, he would rip you. <laughs> he would go around. I mean, but he, then he'd bring you right back. I mean, he knew how to tear you down and bring you back, and know, you knew when you went back out of the locker room that you're going to win the football game. You might not win, but you right. knew you were going to win, right? I mean, you walked out, your eyes are big. Ricky Foggy would look at me and he'd go, hey, man, we got this one, Pete. And I'd say, yes, we do. <laughs> Holt and Kill actually had some, something in common as far as coaching, right? Yeah, yeah. Jerry always struck me as sort of a, a, a modern-day Lou. And so, yeah. not, not as good. It's a little bit of that aw shucks kind of right. southern kind of thing. But you thing, can tell uh, he lit kids know. up. Yeah. And, and. What you guys saw, the guys that weren't in the locker room, so uh, the reporters and everybody else, what they saw was a lot different Lou than what we saw. And I think that's the difference, too, because we know who P.J. is, and people see him. They had the show last year on him and all the rest of it. I think P.J. is the same guy that you guys see that the players see. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think that was true of Lou. Lou, Lou had a, a, a salty side to him <laughs> that we, <laughs> we had full respect for him all the time. All right, Pete and Jerry, before we let you go here, uh, right now we have the leader in the clubhouse, Gerson Rosas, 
who was the, the first guinea pig for the <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rami, do you know the State Fair quiz? Okay, oh, I, I ought to be good. Yeah, you're man. a veteran, man. <laughs> I mean, you're if here. I screw this up. Exactly. <laughs> Come you on, should, Rami. You should be the favorite. <laughs> you should be I the should favorite be. in I the feel. field. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gerson Rosas was, was, was here for three hours his first fair. You've, you've been living here for a week. So. Yeah. What did Garrison do? But He got three out of five? He got two, right? out two, out five. Five. two out of five. Two out of five. I'm setting myself up for failure. You know that, right? <laughs> so Declan's got some music we can fire up here. We'll All go right. question number one. These are multiple choice. Oh. All right. Mm. And your score to beat right now is two out of five. Okay. So you know the bar's not set very high. <laughs> How long would it take the average cow to produce all the milk served during the 12-day fair run? So if one cow produced all of the milk served at the fair, would it take Bessie 24 months, 8 years, or 20 years? 8 years. He's one for one. That's correct. Yours is correct. Yes. <laughs> he should run. I go to that barn the every time, man. I'll tell you what. I used to be here when it was a nickel for milk. I mean, that shows you my age, but I mean, a nickel, all the milk you could drink. How much that was, was, was a beer year. back then? Yeah, probably 50 cents. I'd like to bring the price like of beer that. down Yeah, I'd like there. to, too. <laughs> How about we work on that I platform? was in the grandstand yesterday working on a guy, but it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> He'd always used to love to drink milk with Murray Warmath back right? in the day. <laughs> hey, leave the old people alone, okay? Because I'm next. Me and Murray were there. <laughs> All right, question number two. How many cookies does one batch of dough at Sweet Martha's Cookies yield? So they oh. take one batch of dough. How many cookies can you get out of one batch? Is it 10, 500, or 5,000? Wow. I'm gonna, based on what I see with Martha, and I know this is a total guess, I'm going to say 500. It's 5,000. Ah, you know, I was leaning yeah. there, too, son of a I thought you were going 5,000. Yeah, I was second. going there in my head. Yeah. All right, one one for two here. Choked. This is right up your alley now. <laughs> like a Viking kicker. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Did I say that? Solid. 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 <laughs> Nothing but solid. I'm not on the radio, am I? <laughs> How many rolls of toilet paper does the State Fair go through every year? Is it 5,000, 11,000, or 22,000? There's a foot-long chili. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the highest number of the group. That is correct, yeah. yes. And it's still not enough. 22,000. All right, Pete has tied Gerson Rosas now. Feel we good. have two more two questions. questions to go, all right? I heard him. He was great, by the way. Uh, speaking of the foot-long dog, if measured end-to-end, how many miles of foot-long hot dogs are sold at the fair every year? This is really crazy. Is it 35, 75, or 112 miles? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with 75. It's only 35. Dang it! Disappointing. That's, that's disappointing to me. That's disappointing that to me is. too. Because I was leaning towards 112. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I would think so. I would. Think I just so. had one, so I mean, I. <laughs> well, I'm adding or, to it. Order a few more, and we can get right, up to yeah. 75 miles. Right? <laughs> All right, this is for the lead. This, this is, is for, for the, the lead. Deal. Okay. Yeah, all the marbles. And if you were if you were paying close attention during the Gerson Rosas interview, you might get this one. How much manure is hauled out of livestock barns each year at the fair? How much manure? Is it 10,000 pounds, 500,000 pounds, or 6 million pounds? Wow. Uh, I got to go with 500,000. 6 million seems like a lot. I'll go with 500. It's 6 million. Actually, 6 million. 6 million. 
So I'm tied. We didn't believe it either. Tigers and Rose. You tried a guy who had been here for three. I know. Uh, yeah. For three hours. And I go through all those barns. I mean, I'm not doing much with the manure, but I'm, well, <laughs> <laughs> until I got here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keith Jerry, and thank you so hey, much really for coming over, man. man. We you love guys having you. Dude, that was really awesome. I really thank appreciate you. it, Pete. It's Mackie thank and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Cram session coming up in about 20 minutes. But, uh, Rami, who do you think the sleepers are in the uh, Gophers division this year? That's a good question, Phil. Whoever the sleepers are, they should be doing it on a my pillow. Who has multiple offers? That's right, offers with an S for you as a special thank you for helping making my pillow successful. If Pete is out there hitting the slushy margaritas and another concert tonight, get a my pillow body pillow. Uh, that'll that'll do you right. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special tab on the top right corner, and you'll be directed to a special page where you can save huge on seven, that's right, seven of MyPillow's products just by using one promo code, and that's North. Check these special out. The MyPillow Body Pillow regularly, eighty-five sixty-eight, just twenty-nine ninety-nine, And, of course, you can still get the two-pack of MyPillow Premium Pillows for an all-time low price of sixty-nine ninety-eight. Huge savings on seven of MyPillow's most popular products, including the original premium MyPillow and the Body Pillow. Just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the Radio Listener tab, top right corner. Check out all the great offers. Pick out what you want. Enter one promo code NORTH at checkout and save big on your favorite MyPillow products. You can give them a call at 800-620-4439 or that website again, MyPillow.com. The promo code for seven offers, North, N-O-R-T-H. 450 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. Mm-hmm. And now that the rain has passed, it's actually the sun's coming out. It's actually beginning to it's get kind of pleasant. Be a nice day here out at the mm-hmm. State Fair. You can join us here out at the State Fair every weekday from now until Labor Day. The Score North Twin Show at noon. Purple Daily from two to four. Mackie and Judd with Rami from four to six. We're our booth is right on Chamber Street on the left edge of the grandstand. So join us uh, through all of our live shows throughout the weekdays from now until the until Labor Day. From noon until 6. Also, something open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. is our merchandise booth. You can show us your Score North mobile app over there, and you'll receive a $5 T-shirt. Also, we're donating all proceeds from the All Arise T-shirts mm. to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald House. That not bad? That's not bad at all. All Wait, right. Go back and forth. You been practicing? I have been, yeah. Try, give it one more time? Give it to me. Let's, let's have an Arise off here. In the Score North download, a little Arise. Uh, arise. 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 Phil? You're just going to lay down like that, huh? <laughs> I was waiting for a judge. We've, we each did two of them. <laughs> I think Jonathan's got you. Got you pretty close there. See, he doesn't, though, because... Uh, you're, like, you're like Usain Bolt. Like, oh, you just got cocky. Right. Nobody can arise <laughs> yeah. with me. Right. And all of a sudden... See, he's doing it wrong, though. And I was corrected by Luis. Arise. He's, he's saying arise. It's arise. It's an A sound, not an A sound. It's arise. Arise. Well, either way, that's been the score north download. Now back to you guys out hey, on the stage. If I'm going to win cram session, I think Jonathan was awesome. <laughs> Judd, that's the right thought. Awesome. I don't care how. You know what? Who cares what the player wants it yeah. as? It's what we call. It's what, what we Jonathan call him. makes sound good. Gentlemen, uh, that was a rough one on Friday night, but the Twins did take two of three. And yesterday, okay the Tribe lost again. And no. maybe more importantly, the Tribe lost it, out for the season, I believe, Jose... Um, Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah. 
So right now, Twins, three-and-a-half game lead, four games up in the loss column, and a bunch of games left still against those lowly Tigers. It's always good when a write-that-down prediction goes out the window like three hours after you make it. Well, didn't that need to. That was me on Friday. Didn't need to, <laughs> did all it? of us. Didn't need to. Starting pitcher does the job. Didn't need to. Um, I told Rami and Derek on the Twin Show today, and I will stand by this, if Barrios doesn't get it turned around, it doesn't matter. And if he does, it matters a lot. And I think it's that simple. I, I think it's that simple. You've got to have, if he's pitching, if he can rebound now, which he certainly can, like there's no rule against, oh, my goodness, he's lost it. If he can come back in September and get himself together and go into the playoffs pitching well, gentlemen, I believe that this team has a shot. Because if you go into game one, heck, if it's Houston, if Brias goes and throws well, guess what? You steal a game, win a game. So it comes back to him because I don't think there's anybody else who you can say, it's okay, Brias stinks because we've got player pitcher z i don't think that guy exists right uh real quick gentlemen let's get our buddy voice of minnesota united fc on the phone right now because 24 hours from now the u.s open cup final which you can find right here on the all-new score north and the score north mobile app minnesota united has a chance to bring home some hardware is it going to happen tomorrow night callum williams chaps thank you very much for having me on uh, i'm going to Delay answering that question for a moment or two. Um, because it's a cup final. It's uh, a one-off game, which you guys know um, more than anybody that in any sport, a one-off game can simply go either way. Um, Minnesota United, as you quite rightly say, Phil, are in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup final. And should they, should they claim victory tomorrow evening in Atlanta... It is to my knowledge, now please correct my foreign naiveties if I'm wrong here, I believe it'll be the first major league men's trophy in the Twin Cities since the Twins won the World Series in 1991. So this is a big deal for the Twin Cities. This is a huge deal for the state of Minnesota. And as you mentioned as well, you can find formats commentary on Score North as well, which we're delighted to bring you coverage of. It's a momentous day for sports in Minnesota, it's arguably the biggest day in club history for Minnesota United. So, okay, this is, this is sort of a dumb soccer question for you, but at what point in this tournament do the tournament games become more important than the MLS regular season games? Where's that tipping point? I mean, obviously this is very important compared to a regular season MLS game, but where is that tipping point where you start to say, all right, you know what, we're going to start to manipulate the roster and resting players for this as opposed to for... Uh, a Saturday game against Houston, for instance? Well, it's, it's, you know what, Phil? It's actually not a dumb soccer question at all. It's actually a fairly intelligent soccer question, so thank you for doing your research. I, um, I, Judd's, I, Judd's giving me a standing is, ovation right now. <laughs> <laughs> as he should do. He should go and buy you a beer as well, perhaps. Um, <laughs> On it. Look, See I, ya, <laughs> <laughs> No, look, I mean, in all seriousness, it, it depends on the campaign itself, doesn't it? It depends on the coaching staff and how the regular season is going. There's been so many teams here in Major League Soccer this season um, where the league hasn't gone the way um, that they would have wanted it to and they've just had no choice but to abandon an open cup run. As we have all been aware, this season has gone considerably well for Minnesota United. Yes, they've dropped down over the last 24 hours into fifth in the Western Conference, but just another regular season victory would propel them back into second and once again towards the upper echelons of Major League Soccer. But again, 
can you imagine if they did that as well as as well as bringing home some major league hardware? That would be incredible. I think it's safe to say Minnesota United have treated this U.S. Open Cup, this 2019 campaign version of it, with the utmost respect and respect that it deserves. Um, right from the get-go, they thumped Sporting Kansas City, who were no mugs, by the way, by four goals to one. Then they went to Houston Dynamo, the current champions of the U.S. Open Cup. They went there and won. And then I think the interest started to peak a little more. Then I think the ears started to perk, perhaps, and think, right, well, maybe, maybe we can do something in this. And then, of course, they hosted the minor league affiliate from New Mexico undergoing an expansion campaign themselves, and thumped them 6-1. And then they hosted Portland Timbers at Allianz Field, or a packed house at Allianz Field, uh, and beat them 2-1. And here they find themselves on the cusp of history. So it's... Um, it's not a dumb question at all, Phil. It's, um, it, it's a very interesting one, and I can only answer from a Minnesota United point of view. And all I can say is that they've been taking this tournament very, very seriously this season for sure. Callum Williams, we have about 60 seconds left here, and I want Jonathan to fire off the last question for you. Cal, I asked Jamie and Kendra this on the last broadcast that we had. How do Minnesota United stop Joseph Martinez from scoring because now it's an MLS record 11 matches in a row that he scored a goal how do they stop him from scoring and do basically what every other MLS coach in the league has failed to do so far and 14 games in all competitions as well Jonathan by the way so it's um, it's no easy task is it at the moment Joseph Martinez I would argue is one of the most lethal strikers in world football and I know there are many eyes on the Venezuela and Atlanta United board as well Look, there are many ways you could try and get the better of him. You could try and play a high line and catch him offside. You could go a little deeper uh, and prevent him from getting in behind. Um, you could um, certainly try to, to get the better of him physically in, in terms of having Michael Power and Michael Box all body up against him. But, look, there's just no real answer to that question, is there? Um, I think, you know, the, the best way Minnesota United can prevent Joseph Martinez having any sort of impact on the game is to simply stop the service. And the service comes from the two players behind him in the South American Footballer of the Year, Titi Martinez, and one player that arguably I think probably will be the South American Player of the Year uh, over the course of the next 10 years or so, and Ezekiel Barco. So stop the ball getting to those two players, and I think Minnesota United may very well have a chance to get themselves forward in between the lines, and particularly down the wings as well. Roma Metinair, for me, will have a very, very big game, in my opinion, should he get himself behind the left wing back, Justin Merrim. Callum Williams, voice of Minnesota United, and tomorrow night the pregame starts at 6.30 right here on Score North and the Score North mobile app, the U.S. Uh, Cup Final, and a chance to bring home some rare hardware here in the Twin Cities. We're looking forward to it, and hopefully we'll have some positive things to catch up on later this week, Cal. Thanks, man. Chaps, look forward to it. Enjoy the state fair. Awesome. We'll, uh, we'll plow a couple extra corn dogs. Actually, we have some plans for Jonathan in that regard. So <laughs> Yes, we do. We'll unveil those later on in the week. When we come back, cram session. Jonathan Harrison has cooked up a couple really good questions here for us, uh, playing off the Andrew Luck retirement from this weekend. But let's talk about insurance here. If you're a business owner out there and uh, you've, you've got this business in all likelihood that you tend to treat like family, you probably spend more time with the people that you employ and the people that you work with and around, and the people that you spawn 
and uh, you want an insurance company that has your back in every single area. You don't just want a policy. You want something more than just a policy because when things go wrong, you don't have time or the mental bandwidth to, uh, to be sweating bullets. Federated is a locally owned and operated company that's been around for over a century. That's right, over a century of experience down in Owatonna in making businesses as successful as they can be. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is here for you in any way you can possibly imagine as a business owner. Go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about the industries Federated protects and to find your Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Minnesota State Fair. It stopped raining finally after like six hours. We'll come back with a cram session. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.